The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. No mai hoki mai ki other fault. Emihine cord Duncan Grieve talk moingwa. Uh, this is a big day for me. Um, this is, I think, I have somewhat embarrassedly, embarrassingly described it as like Christmas um, for the geek in me. Uh, it's the it's the release of New Zealand on Airs where the audiences survey. Uh, this is a sort of semi annual piece of research which, you know, regular listeners of this podcast will have heard me say this before, it's the only thing which is even trying to get a sense of how New Zealanders use all kinds of different mediums at both a top-line level and a more granular level. It's really focused on daily usage, and it started in 2014, and, uh, you know, so, so nine years ago now, and so you get a real sense of how that transition from traditional linear print media models to to the much more sort of wild catting uh, digital era is going um, and how our local media audiences are standing up. Um, I'm going to interview Cam Harlan, the chief executive of New Zealand On Air, who commissioned the research about what he sees in it, what its function is, um, get a, a just a fast response from him to to this research. Uh, but before he he arrives, which is about five or eight minutes away, I'm just going to kind of give a a top line of what I what I see in it um, and and what it says. Um, I mean the 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 big. The big change for me, the, the most glaring insight you get from it, is that where we used to have somewhat of a divide at around the age of 40, where below 40 people are much more likely to be digital uh, media consumers, and over 40 they were still more likely to be traditional media consumers, that has changed. Um, and changed quite markedly. Now that if you're trying to draw a line where you have a, a sort of a dominant part of the uh, behavior set, it's at 60. So the the that bulwark where you had half the population above and half below, it's now more like three quarters um, versus one quarter. But not only that, uh, the over 60s have 
you know, the, probably the biggest change that you see in any cohort is the is over 60s using um, streaming services and on-demand services in particular. Um, so that's that's really profound. You know, you think about what the function of this research is narrowly for New Zealand on air. They're going to try and reach New Zealand audiences. Up until now, they've the research has basically said you need to keep funding um, some shows for linear and and make uh, you know a, a decent chunk that are for digital audiences. Now, linear really is almost like a secondary platform. Uh, the the vast bulk um, of audience is is in the online space and. That's really, really challenging. I'm looking forward to getting into that with Cam. Uh, it's very challenging for our production sector, which still largely makes shows that are that that feel like they they are incentivized by the uh, audience demands of linear and and primetime ratings. Let's put it that way. I mean, primetime is kind of gone. That's that's another thing that's really extraordinary out of this is. The, the last big ratings on linear television are the news, uh, Seven Sharp, Sunday, Country Calendar. After that, it drops off pretty quickly with a, with a few isolated exceptions. Basically, at 7.30, we all start to just watch whatever the hell we want to watch. Um, you know, For younger people, that's more likely to be, to be YouTube. For more middle-aged people, it's TVNZ Plus and Netflix. But even for older people, that's where they tend to tune out of linear and, and maybe go, go explore uh, more niche content. Again, that makes New Zealand On Air's job really hard. How do you try and... You know, with your very uh, limited putia, meet audiences that are increasingly consuming a very fragmented and niche forms of media. Um, so that's that's really profound. Radio and television, as you'd expect, they're just continuing to to shrink in their audience. They will dispute this through agencies like GFK and Nielsen, but I don't know. It 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 sort of it feels it feels real. It feels very real. Looking at this. Um, one big winner out of this, TVNZ. They, depending on how you count it, in fact, if you roll up all of their products into one, TVNZ outrates even YouTube on a um, on a daily basis, and it reaches fully fifty percent of New Zealand. That's pretty amazing, and it's really testament to what a job they've done with TVNZ Plus. And I think where they've done it is instructive too. It's largely the sort of sixty plus audience. Um, who I think TVNZ has done a really good job of marketing to them. Hey, when you know you've got broadband, have a look at TVNZ Plus on there. So migrating them to that platform, the big challenge is that the ad loads on TVNZ Plus and just the overall usage just isn't the same as as the absolute gravity that existed with TVNZ One in particular, and they just don't make as much money out of it. They'll have to change that somehow uh, to beat that. It's also conversely a really tough story for RNZ, which is a real uh, shrinkage in, in its uh, radio audience in particular. It's still number one, but only by a hair. And really, it's, it's come back from 12% to 8%. That's, that's, that's hard. That's hard uh, to, to read in any good way. They've got a bunch of money. They'll really need to embrace digital and get it right. Uh, from here on out, similarly difficult for for Kata Māori in terms of the state broadcasters. Um, there's really bad trust numbers for news media in there. I don't put too much stock in that. I think that these trust surveys are kind of self-reinforcing, and I don't really know what they mean if the behaviour stays there. Like, what, what can you really 
do about this beyond kind of wring your hands and so on. Um, there's a whole bunch in it. Uh, I've written a, a big piece of analysis on the spin-off, which I encourage you to read. Um, and uh, yeah, but to be honest, I think we'll be picking over this in, in various aspects uh, for a while yet. So yeah, it's it's a huge day. It's a fantastic, uh, really exciting, comprehensive piece of research. We're very lucky to have it done. I'm really excited to discuss it, and I really appreciate her making the time. Uh, this is Cam Harland, the Chief Executive of New Zealand On Air on The Fold. Kia ora, Cam. Welcome, welcome back to The Fold. Really appreciate you making the time. Oh, my friend, it's really nice to, to, be, um, to be here. Thank you for asking me. Lovely to, to see you back in, uh, in the country and, uh, on, and on form. And I guess the first thing to say is you're welcome. I know how much you love where are the audiences? Uh, no doubt you've um, you've had a good delve into the information. Uh, I have, but I also feel like you know, like in, in my dream world, I'd have like a a week with a lot of post its and and no contact with the outside world. But uh, we make do. I'm very grateful to for, to have it under embargo and and particularly to have the time with you. I wondered if you could start actually by by just talking about the sort of motive for creating this research and, and what it is New Zealand On Air does with it internally? Um, look, I, I think what we've seen pretty much as a result of the research, to be honest, is the absolute need for us to understand what's going on in the media landscape here. Uh, as a public media funding agency, you know, we have a responsibility to deliver content to audiences and those audiences are listed in our act. So, you know, in order for us to do that job, we need to actually understand where they are and sort of marry our funding strategies with a knowledge of where the audiences are kind of engaging with the content that we, we fund. I mean, it's quite a complicated thing, right? And, and there are sort of elements of, there's, there's kind of two types of platform, even in the digital space where there is... There are the user-generated content platforms where you really struggle to have visibility on on who is consuming the audience and how it's the extent to which it's been served for them. And then there's the more controlled ones, the likes of uh, TVNZ Plus and the other local digital players, where there is more of a sense of control there. Yet, yet you have to interact with both. Are you any closer to understanding how you can meaningfully engage, particularly with that that sort of user-generated slash social content side? Uh, uh, again, a really astute question. Um, and and to be fair, I think that is probably still our largest challenge. So if you if you delve into the research a bit, uh, and we'll get into the details of it as we go, no doubt. But you know, when you see the youth skew and the sort of the ninety two percent online video, seventy eight percent music stream, you kind of go, that is where they are living. Uh, they're living in that user-generated, I mean, obviously the largest brand in that space is YouTube. Uh, and look, I, as you know, I've got a couple of teenage boys, so I'm living this. Um, and they, you know, they are watching a huge amount of user-generated content. So compete, competing with that is is incredibly hard. Um, but we sort of, we have to work out a way of, of, of engaging with them. Um have we cracked that? No, um, but we're committed to to not losing them. I guess is the is the key point. 
So, and I want to dig into that particularly as it pertains to music, because I think there's a you know there's a really interesting knotty uh, discussion to be had there. But let's let's step back a bit in terms of looking at the, the sort of top line for for this particular batch of where the audience is. What 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 was it that that stood out for you when you first sort of started pouring over it? Um, look, I think there's probably two relatively obvious key points. One is really boring. Uh, that is that we are just sort of seeing a continuation of the trends that we've been seeing for some time. Um, so to a certain extent, there is an aspect of this which just sort of says, look, there isn't a lot of change here. Like we're seeing increasing movement from what you would call traditional media towards digital media, right? So in each case, all of the digital media kind of uh, metrics have increased and all the traditional media metrics seem to be sort of on the decline. Um, the, I guess the one highlight for me uh, from, from, the, from the data is the um, significant kind of increase in um, on-demand um, viewership. So TVNZ Plus is obviously um, writ large in the data, but actually just generally on-demand viewership is increasing. And the, the sort of the sort of exciting part for us is that what we're seeing, not only from this, this data, but actually from the audience data that we're getting from the platforms, is that we're actually seeing really meaningful audiences when you combine traditional kind of linear audiences with the on-demand audiences. So two examples I would use, um, two large-scale dramas that were funded through to Puna Kaidangi recently, so The Gone, which was TVNZ and TVNZ Plus, and Far North, which is currently playing on 3 and 3 now, both of those dramas are doing really, really well. And it's a combination of both on-demand and linear audiences that's delivering those numbers. I mean, that being said, there really is, you know, one player, in the uh, local on-demand platform, and and you know if you're sort of looking at this, uh, you know from there, there's a clear winner here, and it's TVNZ. In fact, that new metric, which sort of bundles um, the the reach of different audiences, actually has on a daily basis TVNZ ahead of even YouTube, um, which is which is quite an extraordinary achievement, I think, for a local platform. But it does, in in some respects, it replicates, but even increases the the extent to which you know in the old world tvnz had this very dominant position there was supposed to be in a digital space a a kind of a, a more of a democratizing of audiences and yet you're really seeing tvnz almost as the only real scale player in a in a local on-demand audience with all due respect to, to three now you know if you look at the relative sizes of those audiences how does New Zealand on Air begin to sort of grapple with with that reality, and and is there a case for? Uh, and I'm aware this might be getting outside of your purview, but um, you know, almost putting more New Zealand on Air funded productions within a TVNZ Plus uh, environment, just because the scale of the audience is so significant. Uh, so there's probably a couple of points to make there. Um, the, the first one is I think. I would say, yes, absolutely. I mean, TVNZ should be really delighted with, with these results and, and presumably they won't be a massive surprise to them because they'll be doing their own internal 
measurements um, themselves. I think it's fair to say, though, that even Glenn Kine at Warner Brothers Discovery has sort of said or acknowledged that TVNZ has invested significantly in their on-demand platform and, and have done for a while. So to a certain extent, there's an element of catch-up here. I, I kind of still have a bit of faith. I mean, my perspective from this is we're seeing local platforms migrating across to digital and they're, and they're grabbing audience as they go. So yes, TVNZ is clearly ahead, but I, I kind of look at Sky at 30 and Warner Brothers Discovery at 22 in the combined channel space and go, well, it'd be really interesting to see what that looks like in a couple of years. Um, and I mean that. I mean, I kind of we, we've we've been having a look at the data from sort of far north, which is an example of a of a show that's playing on both of Warner Brothers Discovery's two two channels, if you like, sort of linear and on demand, and it's doing well. So um, I'm not sure that I would be kind of giving up on everyone else just yet. Um, and the, I guess the other point here is to say, what do we do with our investment strategies in relation to this? And I guess. Uh, certainly what we have already signalled is that we are not limiting the the investment that we would put into on-demand shows or on-demand-only shows. So we used to have a, a cap on how much we'd invest in digital content. Obviously, that cap has gone quite rightly. Um, but I guess what we're also seeing is that that combination of on-demand and linear is actually where we're seeing really good audiences. So they're kind of working off each other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So, I mean, so that's talking about television. The other thing New Zealand On Air funds, not anything like the same scale, but it's a big and important part of what you do, is in the music space. And and just as we have seen uh, linear TV audiences decline, we're seeing a really significant decline in radio audiences here. And yet radio is still a big part of the thinking when it comes to New Zealand On Air's music funding. And certainly, you know, the the way that the algorithm, you know, Spotify has had an incredible result in this survey, you know, just extraordinary levels of penetration here and is a big part of the, the changing shape of music consumption. And yet the amount of New Zealand content which is consumed in a radio environment is, you know, is much lower, um, as, you know, my sources suggest, than, than, than the than is happening in radio. How do you start to grapple with with that um, sort of dynamic within music? Um, I mean, in many ways, it's a similar argument to, to content, to screen content, right, which is we, we are agnostic as to where the content plays, right? So, well, so what we do in music is we fund music singles or music albums or, or projects as we call them. Um, yes, they play on radio, but they can just as likely be streamed in, on Spotify. And we we um, measure the the output of the songs and content that we fund in music um, across different platforms. You're right, though. The challenge the challenge for music 
within the Spotify algorithm is kind of no different to the challenge for screen content in an international kind of streamers algorithm as well, which is there's so much competition. How do you get cut through and how do you get New Zealand audiences to engage with that content? Um, we, we've just recently completed a review of our music funding strategies and there's some really interesting things in there which we'll be able to talk to you about um, a little bit down the line. Um, but I think to a certain extent without kind of wanting to be too sort of flippant about it, the, the key thing is to, to fund fund really good quality content and think deeply about how you promote it. So you would have seen recently the changes to our to our overall kind of funding strategy, which firstly says that audience information, data and insights is crucial to our organisation and how we inform our funding strategies, which obviously where the audience is a part of it. But also discoverability and promotion of the content that we fund is a really key component as well. And I think it's going to increasingly be a topic of conversation and quite potentially an area of investment for us. So how do we make sure that the songs that we fund, uh, the screen content that we're funding, uh, is known to New Zealand audiences so that they can access it? Um, yes, radio was really important to us. And um, in truth, I think the other important point to make, Duncan, is that the radio stations, even the the, um, the broadcast platforms, they all have their own other measurements, right? So radio will say they've got GFK and that, you know, the, the data might be different to what we're seeing. Um, the, the, you know, the, the, the radio usage and, and where are the audience is kind of relatively static in terms of um, uh, the, the, the kind of level of engagement. One other thing that stuck out to me that I thought was was quite fascinating was the evolution in, in prime time. That historically that was one area that um, sort of TV's true believers could rightly point to and say the actual in terms of total minutes consumed by audiences, especially in prime time, nothing really touch it you know yeah a lot of people grazingly use facebook for example but not but nothing touches that that kind of sit down turn on the tv for two or three hours a night um and that's actually something you've started to see really significant decline and that mirrors the nielsen ratings which show you've got a few very high rating shows between sort of 5 and 7.30 p.m. and thereafter it seems like even for older new zealanders who might have been the the bulk of linear TV ratings historically, now they're starting to use on-demand and, and subscription on-demand platforms. You know, what, what, what do you see there and how does that um, sort of feed into your thinking? Um, I mean, I'm not massively surprised about that. Um, and I guess partially because I'm a consumer of media, no doubt, Duncan, you are as well. We're a similar age. <clears throat> and we're probably engaging in media very similarly to what we're seeing in this survey, right? So um, if I think about my viewing, I I still watch, you know, I still watch if I can, like t TVNZ or, or News Hub News, um, even at six o'clock, like literally through my sky, um, Dakota. Um, but I was watching the other night, um, Taskmaster on TVNZ, like literally live at, at at the same time through Sky with with the ads, um, was was getting getting ready to watch Far North, and then suddenly thought, hang on, why am I waiting half an hour? I can watch that now. 
and went to went to three now to watch it. So I, I guess what we're seeing is just a, an ongoing move towards consumer control about when and and where they're going to watch content. So there sort of isn't really a prime time, but there's sort of content that kind of works in that space, right? So as I said, if I if, if we look at if we look at the gone, we look at Far North. Actually, by the way, we look at the numbers for Taskmaster and Seven Days. Um, that they're, they're going really, really well. So, whether that be watching it at the time that they're supposed to be playing, or whether people are watching it at a time that they want to, the content is still performing. So, and that that's true. But I also want to sort of challenge it a bit because, in return to what we were talking about at the top about the the sort of the you know if you look at the behaviour for fifteen to twenty four or fifteen to thirty nine, and I'm sure this is borne out in the numbers for even shows like Taskmaster and and uh, the the gone and so on that 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 audience is still appreciably much lower even you know that that is much more likely to be a YouTube audience and the New Zealand on air strategy in that place still feels nascent or or, or you know like do you you know, for for TikTok, for Instagram, for YouTube, uh, where a lot of young younger audiences are for increasingly um, longer durations, and they're much harder to control. Even if you do fund content for them, even if they get great numbers, how do you know that they're here? And yet you can't abandon them. Like, wh- where 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 are you at? Like, this is this is this is almost remains that one of the the big challenges in front of your organisation. Yeah, you're right. It's it's um, it's a good provocation. Thank you. Um, and it's you know really simple. So we've got it sort of sorted, and we'll release that next week. No, I'm joking. Um, we do we do have uh, a youth strategy that has been put in front of our board, and that we will be releasing um, reasonably soon. I actually need to catch up with my colleague, your friend Amy, on that. But um, you know the truth the truth of the matter is we can't just let that audience go, right? I mean, they are fundamentally important to, to, this, to this country, to our democracy, to all of those things. Um, the, the algorithms that sit within those platforms are pretty sort of difficult to, to kind of break down. So there's a whole bunch of conversations that need to be had in that space. But in terms of simply funding great youth content that might, um, and, you know, might have... Uh, our young people in this country seek seek out. That is definitely a priority for us. And, you know, we, we will be doing some things in the next little while uh, in this space. We, I guess we've always, as an agency, as you know, mate, we've always kind of taken a, to, to a certain degree, and actually sometimes, uh, to be fair, I think, to your frustration, a kind of keep calm and carry on mentality, right? So, we can't just sway crazily across from one side to the next because um, I think as we would all acknowledge, this is a really, really complex ecosystem that we're operating in. And it's a really small ecosystem if you think about the size of the market. You know, we've got 5 million people in this country. Um, we've got a lot of really vital audiences that we need to kind of make sure we're, we're delivering content for. But of course, that youth audience is a fundamental one. Um, so we we definitely will be investing in content for that that for that audience, and we do need to acknowledge that that content does need to be where they are. Um, as you know, we've traditionally had a model that has had um, some safeguards around it because we are expending taxpayer funds, right? So we 
we, as you know, have a non-editorial remit within our legislation. So if, if we fund someone, um, they can go off and make, you know, whatever it is that they're making, and we're not, we can't get involved. So traditionally we've used the platforms as, as a sort of a commissioning body for us on that front. Now, there is no commissioning um, resourcing that sits within YouTube, for instance. So we need to be really careful about how we fund that content to ensure that taxpayer money is is put to to the to the right um, to the right outcome. So you're nodding, which is good because you understand that. Um, that isn't to say we we won't do it, and it isn't to say that there aren't other solutions that we can come up with to counter that risk. We just need to think about um, how we embrace it. One th- another thing that that sort of leaps out in some ways is actually potentially like a, quite a positive thing from New Zealand Air's perspective is that some of those sharp divisions a- across certain demographic horizontals, if you will, around the different ways that um, Māori, Pacific, Asian, men, women consume content are starting to be less stark. You know, they're, they're, as the, the, the digital tide sweeps through and you've got a much older New Zealanders and a larger block who uh, are consuming things in a more similar way. Does that, in in some respects, kind of make the the job, which was very complex during the motion, as we now sort of come towards the end? Does there is is the fact that you know the difference between Māori, Pakeha, Pacific um, consumption is less stark than it might have been a few years ago? Is, does that sort of help in some respects make the job somewhat easier? Um, I, I sort of think it does in so far as we don't have to kind of think quite as deeply about the where. Um, we do need to continue to think deeply about the what and the how. So for us, um, you know, we, we need to see, we, we want to see um, increasing development of voice. So if we're, as you well know, Duncan, if we're delivering content for a Māori audience or a Pacifica or a Pan-Asian audience, uh, we need to see creators from those audiences involved in making that content. So the other, the other extra final part of our new strategy is definitely about investing a little bit more heavily in, in developing creative talent um, and being quite purposeful around sort of saying, look, if we want to deliver to those audiences, we need to see more, more access to, to, um, to, to our funds by uplifting, by uplifting creators. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, you're right. The, the, that, that mix is, um, is changing. The, the, youth, the youth piece is the most stark, though. Um, no question. That's the bit that's giving us the most... Um, I wouldn't say headaches, but we're certainly thinking about it. I mean, in some ways it feels unsolvable, you know, in the sense that the the platforms of choice for younger New Zealanders have been quite well established now as algorithmically driven, you know, as without a level of top-down editorial control that that exists on... Um, other platforms and you know absent some quite maybe not draconian but certainly a a heavy government intervention to kind of force a particular behavior set from the platforms that that will 
continue to exist. But anyway, that's a, <laughs> that's a naughty uh, conversation I'm sure we'll pick up when your youth strategy comes well, out. I, I mean, I, I might just say one quick thing, though. I mean, this is, this is a constantly evolving ecosystem that we work within, and I guess that's why it's an exciting place to work, right? So if you look at, if you go back in time and have a look at sort of where are the audiences, obviously we've seen a whole bunch of change and we've seen consistent change in certain things, but, you know, TikTok didn't exist, uh, when we first started, where are the audiences? So, I know, look, I'm not I'm not being as naive as to say that suddenly, you know, our youth audience is going to, you know, stop watching, um, you know, user-generated content and start to engage back with, you know, important, purposeful kind of public media content. But, you know, things constantly evolve and change. And I guess we just need to kind of make sure we're continuing to check in and see where people are at as much as we can. I mean, that's the case for the research, though. I would, would say that TikTok almost feels like Exhibit A in why it only gets harder, not easier for, you know, because the, the obviously the big innovation, that that is a truly global, uh, hyper-personalized platform of content that is, is extremely difficult for you to fund. But um, yeah. yeah, but you know what? I, I just I just got sent a, a little TikTok video from my son, uh, my 17-year-old son, yesterday um, because he's about to turn 18, so he can vote. I think he's, he's turning 18 in the next few weeks. And he came across a, a re-video on TikTok that was basically informing him of different policies from National Labour and some of the other the other parties. Um, you know, he was engaging in that. Um, you guys yourself with youth wings and, and other things that you're doing right now, there is a relevance to, to, you know, getting in front of some of these young people who for the first time will be voting and they are engaging with local content and they're engaging with it on those platforms. Now, look, hey, that's don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not looking through rose-tinted glasses. But that kind of took me by surprise that he he had found it, or it had found him, more likely. Um, but he was engaging with it. So, hey, that's a hopeful note to end on. And uh, you know that this this research, if nothing else, and it does so much, but it it gives us a clear-eyed look at, at where we're at and. Uh, a snapshot of of how this country is evolving. It's never less than fascinating. Uh, Cam, thanks so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how how it rolls out from tomorrow. Oh, my pleasure. Um, good to chat to you as always, Duncan. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.